hear me on this one. He has come once and he has rocked the world and he has paid for death. He has absolutely given us life. And Jesus Christ ascended into the heavens, soon to come again. Amen. Well, it's great to be here with you. It's great to be worshiping with you guys here in person. If you're joining us online, man, we are here to make much of Jesus Christ. It is all about him. And all of God's people said, amen, Amen, man. Don't miss it. That's what church is really all about. It can get a lot of distractions. It can move other directions, but make sure that it's always first and foremost, Jesus Christ gets all the praise, all right? So we're going after him. We're in a series here called, Who is this Jesus? Who is this Jesus? We launched on Easter Sunday, and in fact, today is the last in this series as we walk through just kind of a short series, getting a little bit of a focus of the greatness of Jesus Christ. Who is this Jesus? We've talked about him as being the life of the world. He is the one who died for us and rose again. He is alive. Everybody say he's alive. Right, Jesus Christ, he is alive. He is risen from the dead. We have life in him. We have power in him. We looked at him as God Almighty. It says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Jesus is God. Everybody just say it with me. Jesus is God. These are massively important details to grasp about who Jesus Christ. He is alive, risen from the dead. He is God Almighty. He is creator over all things physical. Everything reports to him and is under him. Jesus Christ sustains it all by his presence. This is our king. He is the light of the world. He is the hope that we have. He has died for us on the cross and risen again. And if we believe he is risen and we confess him as Lord, that's saved. Man, there is no other way except through Jesus. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. He is the way. Everybody just say the way. And if we can nail this down, we're starting to get who Jesus Christ is, right? And so as we bring all of that together, we looked last week at the celebration of Jesus Christ, not only in all of that massiveness, but he can also be called friend. He is your friend. That is mind-blowing, and it actually almost feels a little bit sacrilegious, a little bit too small of a statement for that big of a God. But he calls himself that. I am your friend. Man, if you believe in Jesus, if you confess him as Lord, if you're saved, friend, he is pouring into your life. He cares about you. He knows every little detail about you. Jesus is friend. Now, as we wrap all of that up and bring it to a close this week, we're going to be looking at Jesus Christ as coming king. All of those details true and Christ is coming again. He is coming king. So do me a favor, turn with me, if you will, to Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 1. Acts 1, starting in verse 1, and uh, we're going to be getting into a little bit of the understanding of Christ as coming King, all right? So point number one here, allow Jesus and the Holy Spirit to transform your soul. Allow Jesus and the Holy Spirit to transform your soul. 
And we're picking it up right here at the beginning of Acts, and uh, we're going to see that the author here is Luke. That's the same guy who wrote the Gospel of Luke, right? So he wrote Luke, the Gospel, and he wrote Acts. And he's going to give us an understanding of what he was trying to do with the two different books. He'll explain it right here in the beginning. So the beginning of Acts, the first few verses, is Luke giving a little bit of the lay of the land. Like, here's what's going on, here's what I'm trying to accomplish, here's what's going to happen, and then as we continue into the passage, he's going to jump into the narrative, he's going to pick it up in story form, all right? So here we go, let's just dive in. This is Luke writing this, right? Everybody say it's Luke, just to make sure we land it. So he's a doctor, he's a detail guy, he loves to get the details out and make sure people understand it. He says, in the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day when he was taken up. We'll just hold right there. He says, in the first book, the book of Luke, the gospel, he says, O Theophilus. Now, we're not sure who Theophilus is. There's been some surmising on it. People have taken guesses along the way. This is somebody who was definitely able to share the information that Luke gave to him and bring it out to others, right? And so he had kind of a key role. In fact, Theophilus is mentioned at the beginning of the book of Luke as well. And there, Theophilus is called Most Excellent Theophilus, right? How'd you like to have that title put in front of you, right? Most Excellent It sounds like it's in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. You know what I'm talking about? And those of you who laughed are a little bit older than others, right? And a movie from the 80s. But hey, this is an awesome moment of just this celebration of excellence, of who he is and his care for the truth as he's bringing that out. And he says, hey, Theophilus, here's some things you need to know. I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. In the first book, in the book of Luke, it's about Jesus and Jesus' works, and Jesus' actions, and all that Jesus was teaching. It was the miracles that Jesus was doing. It was that people were being healed. It's that people were being raised from the dead. It's that lives were being rocked. It's that Christ died and rose again. All of that. It's Jesus in his greatness, in all of his teaching, that was in the Gospel of Luke, it says, until the day that he was taken up, until he ascended up into the heavens, right? As we know that he died on the cross, he rose again, and some 40 days later, he ended up ascending into the heavens to be seated at the Father. And in fact, he's going to pick that up in story form in just a minute here. He says, uh, Luke was covering that time frame. After he had given commands, he, Jesus, had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. Jesus, he clarified a ton. He shared a bunch of what they needed to know. He gave a couple of very specific commands. He had given commands to the Holy Spirit and uh, through the apostles that he had chosen. Like Jesus specifically working with the 12, he was choosing who they were and he was calling them out and giving them some specific details. In fact, we're going to see those specific commands in just a second here. All right. It says, then he presented himself alive to those uh, after suffering. He had presented himself alive. Now, when we read the scripture, all too often we read through what scripture says and we're like, oh, okay. Like he presented himself alive. You have to remember that this is Luke writing to a group of people who had heard that Jesus died. 
They heard that Jesus was dead. He had died on the cross. There's a rumor about Jesus being risen from the dead. That rumor's begun to spread and the church has actually begun to form a little bit. And so he's writing this out and he's like, I'm just telling you, he presented himself alive. Everybody say alive. Like that's a huge deal. Absolutely made it clear that he had conquered death and conquered sin. Jesus is alive. And he presented himself that way. It says, by many proofs, appearing to them over 40 days. By many proofs, he talked with them. He walked with them. He ate with them. They watched him physically eat physical food. No, he is risen from the dead. For those who were like, no, it wasn't that. It was just like, it was almost like a ghost. It wasn't really him. And no, physically eating food, physically with them, physically talking with them. He showed them his wounds by many proofs, making it clear he is alive. Jesus Christ, he is risen and by many proofs showed along the way, it is true. Everybody say it is true. And it is true. Jesus is risen, he is alive, and he has conquered death along the way. It says, by many proofs appearing to them over 40 days. And so this gives us a little bit of our understanding of the time frame of when he was going to ascend into the heavens. When he rose from the dead, 40 days of showing proofs, making it clear to people, he's alive. And, uh, and then he said, and speaking about the kingdom of God, Jesus was revealing more that was to come about the kingdom of God. All that was going to happen through Christ and how he would be king and that for eternity there would be a pulling together and a blessing of the nations and and I'm just telling you this, the disciples did not get it at all. Just so we're super clear, as he's talking through the kingdom of God's statements, they're trying to put it into their own understanding. Remember, these are the guys who saw him come down the Mount of Olives and people were crying out, Hosanna, blessed be the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And they're like, it's coming now. Here comes the kingdom. Wait, these are those same guys. So they're trying to process as he is now beginning to talk about the kingdom of God after his resurrection, they're trying to say when, how is this going to work out? And in fact, we're going to see that come out in the narrative as well. And uh, speaking about the kingdom of God in so many different ways, he was speaking about the physical kingdom. He was speaking about the spiritual kingdom. He was speaking about Christ getting what Christ deserves as king of kings, right? It says, and while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Well, here's two specific commands Jesus gave. Just hang in Jerusalem and wait for what the Father's going to give you, specifically the Holy Spirit. Wait in Jerusalem and the Father will give you the Holy Spirit. The two commands, hang here, wait for the gift, right? Those are at least two of what Jesus was being clear with as he's guiding them on how this is all going to roll out. Can we just say, God has a plan? God knows what he's doing. They're like, how is this kingdom thing gonna work? And Jesus is like, I have no idea. Do whatever you want. Just roll around for a while. We'll figure it out and someday we'll get to you. Like everybody say, not that. No, he's like, hang on, stay here. Father's got a gift to come to you, then it's going to unleash. Planned. It's all set. He knows exactly 
what he's doing. Let's put it this way. It's a little bit like in a football game. You're coming out at halftime. Things didn't look good in the first half. That didn't go the way we wanted, right? And so as you're getting the second half set, the team comes out there and there's 10 people in the huddle. And they're getting ready to go to the huddle and they're hanging on. And the crowd is getting restless. And all of a sudden, the number one player, the quarterback, running back, whatever it is, puts on his helmet and he starts to run out onto the field. And the stadium just erupts as the 11th one comes in, the one who's really the hardcore player. And they all rally together and they get a little bit of the huddle. And as they break and go to the line, the place is just going nuts with expectation. That's what's going on. He's like, hang on, rally together. You're missing the big player though. Don't go anywhere yet. The Holy Spirit is coming and man, is he going to bring what you need. Watch and hang on. Huddle up in Jerusalem and wait for the Holy Spirit. He says, which Jesus said, uh, you have heard from me for John was baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now, the word baptized literally means to immerse, to go down into water and to come up or to even put your hands into water would be like a baptizing of sorts. And, and that word does have a sense of kind of a cleansing or a down in sort of a water element. Here he's using it now in almost a metaphor statement. And he's like, you're going to be baptized by the Holy Spirit. You're going to be immersed in the Holy Spirit. You're going to go down into death and up into new life. You are going to experience a power and an unleashing with the Holy Spirit coming into you, changing your life. This is a massive passage for understanding salvation. Don't miss this. Baptized by the Holy Spirit doesn't mean getting wet. Everybody say, not that. Dude, it's not that. He said, I'm not talking about baptized with water. I'm talking about baptized in the Holy Spirit. Spirit coming into you. You believing in Jesus that he is risen. Confessing him as Lord. And as you commit, as you admit him as Lord of your life, as you hand it over, Holy Spirit just rushing in, transforming the soul, beginning to change you one little bit at a time. And as he begins to change you, as he begins to shape in you, all of a sudden, you start to understand things differently. You look at the same scripture you looked at weeks ago, and now all of a sudden it makes sense. You see the purpose of being underneath Jesus Christ, and all of a sudden it makes sense. You have a, a purpose and a value statement in saying, I want to bow down before Christ. And you're like, where did that come from? I didn't have that before. I'm fired up for this. Man, when the Holy Spirit comes in and you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, there is an awakening of the eyes and the mind and the heart, and you are on fire for your God and going after it. Please hear me. That's saved. And all of God's people said, he's like, just hang on. The Holy Spirit is going to do an amazing work in you, and uh, it's going to happen in just a few short days. In fact, we know from the point where Jesus ascended, it's 10 days later is when it's going to come to bear, right? The Holy Spirit being the power and the force in their lives that would just literally turn their worlds upside down as they go after Jesus Christ, okay? You know, it was a number of years ago, uh, actually on a New Year's Day, a number of years ago on New Year's Day, that uh, it was a tournament of roses parade. 
and they were having the big parade and uh, things were going along. You know, the announcers are talking about each float and what that float, I'm not a big parade fan. I'll just be honest. But the announcers are like talking about each float and what it represents. And all of a sudden, as one of the floats starts to come by, all of a sudden it starts sputtering. And it dies. Like right there on the route. Everybody behind them getting anxious. Can you imagine like the marching bands behind them, like having to now like march in place for a little bit and then everybody stops. The announcers started talking about it. We're not really sure what's going on. I'm not sure what's happened to this float. The rest of the parade starts moving ahead and everything is beginning to separate. And all of a sudden somebody realizes they forgot to put gas in the float. Dude, can you imagine being the guy who pulls out the gas can and starts running to the gas station. You're like, excuse me, excuse me, through thousands of people, you run, I don't even know how many blocks away it was. He gets to the gas station and he starts filling it. Can you imagine those moments when you put it in and you're like, come on, come on, right? And if you only fill it a little, you know what's gonna happen. You'll run back, you'll fill it up, you'll get it started, it'll go a little bit and it'll, die again. You're like, I got to fill this up. So he's filling up this huge, I think it was a five gallon, just filling it, filling it, filling it. <sighs> come on, man. Come on. Finally gets it filled, capped off, pulls it. He's carrying it back, gets back there. By the time he pulls this thing out and starts to pour it, now people are going, oh my word, they ran out of gas. Now everybody's starting to laugh, right? They begin to pour the gas in, they get it set. Now he's trying to turn it over. You're trying to get the gas through and finally gets it and the thing gets started up, you know, it's like boom. And they see the big puff of smoke out and the thing starts moving along. Everybody starts applauding as the thing starts moving again. Here's the saddest part about the story. The float was the Standard Gas Oil Company. <laughs> right, is that sad? That's hilarious. Here's the deal, man. How often though are we carrying the banner of Jesus Christ, but the power of the Holy Spirit is not in us. Where we're walking in this world and we're like the dead standard gas float sitting right in the middle of the parade, stopping it up. Man, we need the power of God Almighty in us, the Holy Spirit working in us. May we not quench the Spirit. May we be willing to hear and allow him to move. May we be afloat moving in the parade, taking a stand for Jesus Christ and all that he is. And all of God's people said, may we confess our sin. May we get right with our God. May we long for him to have his way with us. He's in charge. So how are you doing? with being filled with the Spirit? How are you doing with moving through your daily life, allowing God to have his way, Holy Spirit moving in you, sin getting put aside, God transforming you one little bit at a time. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, amen. Point number two. Yeah, I'll, I'll never get tired of hearing that sound. Point number two, look excitedly for Jesus to return literally and physically. 
Look excitedly for Jesus to return literally and physically. So now Luke begins to transition over to story form, to a narrative style, as he begins to share the works of Acts. By the way, just so we're super clear, so Luke is about what's going on with Jesus. Uh, The book of Acts, actually the word in the Greek, what it's originally called was the works of the apostles. That's what it's really called, or the acts of the apostles, right? So this is about how God was using the apostles to roll the early church out. So here we go. We begin to see a little bit of the narrative role here. He says, so when they had come together, they asked, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? When they had come together, when the disciples had come together and Jesus was with with them, when they had gotten there to the area of Jerusalem, they had a question for Jesus. They're like, will it be now that you restore the kingdom? Like Jesus had been talking about the kingdom of God. And they're like, okay, we saw you come down the Mount of Olives. We got all fired up about that. Then it wasn't that. Is it, is it now? Like I realized it wasn't three days after you came down the Mount of Olives or five when you went to the cross. I get that. But it's been 40 days now. Like now? Is it the kingdom of God? This is like for every parent who's ever gone on a trip with your kids. Are we there yet? Right? It's that moment, that question. Are we there yet? Is is this the kingdom of God coming now? Is it time now? And uh, as they ask this question, are we there yet? Jesus said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. So moms, this is your answer now when you're driving in the car. (laughs) And the kids say, are we there yet? It is not for you to know the times or the seasons that your Father has fixed by his own authority. (laughs) I love that answer. Jesus is like, I'm not telling. I mean, right? That's basically, he's like, we're not going there. We'll reveal this in time. You're asking to know all of the details of it. You're looking for this depth of information. But honestly, most of the time we're looking for more information. We're actually looking for a little, let's be honest now, we're looking for a little bit of control. If you could just give me a little more info, meaning I want to have my hands on it a little more. Please tell me what's going on. Please help me understand what's taking place. Please reveal what's happening in there. Let's be honest. He's talking about the kingdom of God. They're pretty excited about it. So he's like, well, let me tell you this way. The father has a plan. Everybody say God has a plan. God has a plan. And it's absolutely clear what he's doing to him. Hang on. He'll reveal to you when he needs to. Are we there yet? No, not yet. Right, that's what he's saying. No, not yet, but hang on. He says, but, and when we see the word but, this is a strong contrasting word, but he's like, look, while I acknowledge that some of these details may not be known to you, there's things you can be after. While we understand that the timing may not be clear to us, there's still something you can be going after. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will receive power. He's like, listen, the kingdom of God, that's for the Father to choose in timing and all. But you hear me. The Holy Spirit's gonna rock your world. 
when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you are going to all of a sudden be transformed, there's going to be a joy in your soul. There's going to be something happening you have never experienced before. You are going to have the power to heal. You are going to have the power to teach and lives are going to be changed. Hang on. Yeah, when the power of the Holy Spirit is released, man, are you going to be able to be excited about what's coming upon you and into this world. Hang on, you've got a task to do, right? And uh, this is a big deal moment. This call for uh, being baptized by the Spirit and now having insight and power and authority from the Holy Spirit. While the timing of the kingdom of God is up to the Father, we're leaving all of that to you, Lord. It says, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea, all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You will be my witnesses. Man, and this command is true for us even today. And the power of the Holy Spirit in us. As we trust in God the Father and we lean on Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit takes up residence and shapes and changes us from inside teaches us to let go of sin. And what sin are you holding on to that is absolutely quenching the power of the Spirit in you? To say, Lord, I'm done with that sin. I hand it to you. No more quenching it. No more being the float that's dead with no gas in the parade. I'm ready to be going after you with all I've got. And may we truly go after him with all we have and be excited about what he's bringing. He's like, we have the chance to be the witnesses of Jesus in Jerusalem. Remember, that's right where they were at, right? In Jerusalem. So like right here in your own backyard, you're going to be witnesses. You're going to be talking to people in the city when you're going to the synagogue of all the different places you can go. You're going to be making an impact right here in your own hometown. And then he says, in all Judea and Samaria, like the kind of the greater surrounding area of Israel, right? In all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, like everywhere else, whole earth included. Put it into our terms today. He's like, and you will be my witnesses right here in East Peoria, right here in Morton, in Groveland, in Germantown. I should have never started this because now you're waiting to see if I say your town name. (laughs) Uh, Whatever your hometown is, him saying right there. And then saying, and central Illinois, all Judea and Samaria. Central Illinois making an impact for him and into the whole world. May God get all the glory. May all of this world be rocked by you knowing Jesus Christ, by you being changed by the Holy Spirit, God rocking you to impact the world. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, man, this is a massive call. Amen, man, that we literally get to say, Lord, I know you a little bit. And I'm ready to share all that I know with those around me. Lord, I am stunned by who you are. May you truly, truly be lifted up. Imagine their thoughts. They're like, so Jesus, are you going to start the kingdom? And he's like, well, that's up to the Father. But you are going to tell the whole world. Can you imagine 12 guys 
And they're like, yeah, I'm not sure how that's going to work. Right? What, how is this going to play itself out? You want the 12 of us to tell the whole world. And he's like, basically, no. You weren't listening if that's what you heard me say. I don't want the 12 of you. I want you to wait until the Holy Spirit comes. Because the Holy Spirit is going to be the one bringing the witness to the whole world. And you're going to be a little part of that. Are you ready to be available for the King of Kings and for God to do his mighty work? He says, yeah, you will receive this power and you will be able to share it as the Spirit has come upon you into the broader areas around you, the greater areas. He says, and when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up with a cloud and it took him out of their sight. And again, when we read stuff like this, we're like, oh, okay. Right, it's the Bible, we expect big things, right? But man, we gotta respond to that. The proper response when you're standing there and the person you're talking to all of a sudden begins to float (laughs) up into the heavens and disappear is to at least say, whoa, right? At least that, right? Everybody just say it with me. That's woeful, man. No, way bigger than that. Ready? Let's say it together. Ready? Whoa. This guy just disappeared into the clouds above. There had to be a moment where you're like, dude, are you seeing this? And you're like, I'm not taking my eyes off, but are we getting what's just happening? All right. That's our proper response. So now I'm going to read it. You give me the proper response as we go. Here we go. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, He was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. Now we got it, right? Blown away. As you're standing there just stuck on what just happened in front of me, right? He says, and while they were gazing into the heavens as he went, behold. And when we see the word behold, we say, Yeah, check it out. It's interesting. He says, behold now and not when Christ is going up into the heavens, but we'll leave it at behold, check it out, right? It says, two men stood by them in white robes, angels pop up and they're right next to him. Proper response to that moment. All right, now you got it. So here we go. It says, and while they were gazing into the heavens as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes. This is a lot of woe going on, right? They're standing there talking. He goes up into the heavens. Bam! Two angels standing there right next to him. And they said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? The appropriate answer to that is, Well, he just, like, (laughs) up into the, I can't, What do you mean, why are we looking into that, right? That's an appropriate answer, right? He's like, why are you looking into the heavens? He says, the angel says, this Jesus, which Jesus? The one who has died for you. The one who has risen again. The one who has all power and all authority. The one who has been showing you his conquering death and conquering sin. This Jesus who touches and the lame walk, who speaks in the blind sea, who calls and the dead are risen. This Jesus. Dude, you think that's the problem? He's got this in hand. This Jesus 
who was taken up from you into heaven, ascended physically, visually, stunningly right before them, right? Don't miss this. This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way. How will he come? Visually, physically, stunningly, powerfully, calling out the words, whoa, from everybody witnessing. This is him coming again. It says he was taken up into heaven. You've watched him go up. He's now going to be seated at the right hand of the Father, we know from Ephesians. But it says here, he will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Jesus is coming again. He is King of kings. Amen, man. He is Lord Almighty. Amen. This is our God, King of kings. Hear me on this one. He has come once and he has rocked the world and he has paid for death. He has absolutely given us life. And Jesus Christ ascended into the heavens, soon to come again. And man, it's getting soon. We can see it in the world. And all of God's people said, dude, it's coming. And as Jesus Christ comes again, hear me, physically, bodily, stunningly, everyone seeing going, whoa, as he comes down. And it literally says he will come right back, same place even. His foot will touch down on the Mount of Olives. Zechariah 14 says, as it touches down, right where he went up, as it touches down, earthquake will rip, separating the Mount of Olives. All of rebellion will be put to an end. Jesus Christ will be King of Kings. And all of God's people said, amen, amen man. It gives me a little amped. Did you tell? Okay. So let me just say this. Let's just throw this photo up and uh, we're going to give this a shot here. Um, this is the Mount of Olives. And uh, you might have been like, I was picturing it to look like the Rocky Mountains. Right? No. So mount meaning like hill. This is the hill of olives, right? So the thing that's on the other side there, that's me sitting uh, in Jerusalem on the south side and Jana and myself and Alyssa were here and just taking a little moment of worship. We're sitting on the south wall right up against the wall there and we're looking over to the Mount of Olives, that little hill that's right on the other side there. You see the blue sky that's coming down and touching the Mount of Olives there, right? That's the Mount of Olives. That's the place where they were standing talking and all of a sudden Jesus starting ascending up into the heavens. That's the place where two angels appeared and said, why are you gazing up? He's going to be coming back in like manner. That's the place that Zechariah 14 says when he comes, his foot will touch down and absolute authority from the king of kings will be put into this world. The kingdom of God is coming. Jesus Christ is coming, and he is King of Kings. And all of God's people said, this is the one we worship. Who is this Jesus? He is coming King. May we celebrate him and praise him and worship him with all we've got. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, celebrate this. He is my King. May I truly lift him up. He is my hope. May he get all my praise. Let's pray. 